What's up, everybody, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackridge Show here on the Logan Blackridge Show podcast. I hope you're ready for a very, very exciting episode. I can tell by the, by the, the way I'm talking, it's going to be a very exciting episode. So today, we've got a lot of great stuff planned. So obviously, we have got the week three. So I this is something I should probably get into first. Every single week, I do either a, a Heisman thing or a draft profile thing or NFL draft prospect, quarterback draft prospect list. Every week, I try to be consistent with it, and so far we have. But overall, I've labeled it as week two, week three, and this one was going to be week four. And my thinking behind it was, this is the the rankings going into the week. Okay, so we got week one, done and dusted, so we're going into week two. Preseason, that was preseason. And then the next week was week two, and then week three. But in reality, it goes... At post-week one, post-week two, post-week three. Not pre-week two, pre-week three, and pre-week four. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's the same thing. Just the wording's a little different, and it bothered me. So if you notice on social media, I have graphics for each thing. I try to make graphics. <laughs> I have them. I'm not going to say they're great, because they're, they're not. They're pretty garbage. But <laughs> I try my hardest. I do try <laughs> to make decent graphics. But on social media, you'll notice that they're going to say... Week two quarterback prospect ranking, week three quarterback prospect ranking, when really it's week one and two. But I don't have access to week two's one or week three's. So every single thing you see, even on the website, is going to say week three quarterback prospect rankings. But week two, week week two is now week one. So if you just look at the graphics, it says week one, week three, and then this week will say week three as well. It's very confusing, and I only did this to myself. I don't know why I did it like this. When I first did it, it kind of made sense. Like, oh, it's pre-week two, pre-week three. Yeah, but Logan, you're not saying that. You're just saying week two quarterback rankings after week one. Preseason, week one, week two, week three, and so on and so forth. Not in preseason, week two, week three. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because then why don't you just call it week one? Because we never released week one. I guess that's technically preseason, but it's weird to go from preseason to week two. So we have changed it, but (laughs) the graphic for week two or the second list we did is not going to have a number two. It's going to have a number three, even though the article says two. Okay. The article says two, the title says two, but the graphic says three, which is the thing that draws people's eyes in. Most of the time, people don't care about what's going in on in the article or the video. People just try to get the best thumbnails available. Like you could have the greatest concept for a YouTube video ever. If your thumbnail sucks, you're not going to get any views whatsoever. And I'm still trying to come over that because my thumbnails are not terrible, but they're not great. (laughs) They're not really that good, to be honest. But I got my style down for the thumbnails. We got style down for the video. But we're getting over all the, the technicalities, I guess. So I hope that doesn't draw you away. If you go, well, Logan, it said week three last week, and now it says week three again. Well, actually, it's week three now. Post week three. Okay? Does that make sense? Glad we cleared that up. But that's not what I wanted to start off with. I just thought that'd be a really good disclaimer before we get into that because that's what we're going to get into at the end of the show. But to start off, one of my friends, Noah, we've talked about him a few times on the show. He's been in a few videos of mine. He does this thing. It not, not all. I mean, how many times he does it? Probably three times? Two or three times at least. It's this website called awaydaysfootball.com. So you can go to this thing, and they have different jerseys for you. 
but it's a small business, and there is a thing you can do that can get you any jersey in the world. It's like a random draw for a specific price. So it's like $15, $30, and $45 for a jersey. But they were out of the cheap ones, so yours truly had to pay the expensive one because they didn't have any of my sizes because I'm a big lad. I'm a, I'm a I'm wedge. I'm very wedge, man. So I ordered the jersey, and I go, okay. I could care less what the jersey is as long as it's not Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, or Chelsea. Four teams out of the entire world. There's a lot of soccer teams in the world. If you just want to label down to big clubs, there's a lot of big clubs in the world apart from those four. Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea. In that order. That's the order I despise them. Chelsea, I, I don't like Chelsea whatsoever, but I like a few of the players they got. I like Romelu Lukaku. I like Christian Pulisic, obviously, being American. But I don't like them. They're direct challengers to Manchester United, the teams that keep Manchester United from winning trophies. And Liverpool and Man City, even growing up, I hated Liverpool, even though they were real no threat to Manchester United whatsoever. But this is a very, you get a little note. Again, it's a smaller business, so on the back of it says, thank you, for your, thank you for your order. Away days is still small, but we hope to keep growing, so thank you for your support. Whether you're watching non-league or the top divisions, I hope you are enjoying your football from Martin. Oh, Martin, thank you for that. And then Martin, it goes, order notes. So it's like this little post-it, postcard or whatever. On order notes, it says, thanks, Logan. I hope you enjoy the 2019-20 mystery kit. Signed, Martin. It's in handwriting. It's not like he typed this up, so it's a very touching note. The problem is, I got Liverpool. And not only is it a Liverpool jersey, <laughs> it is 2019-20. And for most of you out there, you're probably just like, oh, that's nothing. That's just a Liverpool jersey. Well, it's not just that. It is the fact that that is the jersey from the year they won their first ever Premier League title. One of the lowest points as a Manchester United fan. The first lowest comes when Man City beat Manchester United the title on that Sergio Aguero goal. when they won their first Premier League title. And this title that Liverpool won, it was, oh my god, it's, a, it's just, it's the greatest thing ever. Now you can talk about how they're equal on Premier League titles with Blackburn Rovers and Leicester City. Because it's kind of like the super, the NFL before the Super Bowl. If you brag about you have NFL champions, does really does anybody really give a shit? Like the Detroit Lions, the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers have NFL championships. Does anybody care? Does your argument stand withhold any weight whatsoever if you go, well, yeah, we may not want a Super Bowl, we won championships before. No one cares. No one cares if you won an NFL championship. It's the same thing with the Premier League, though a little bit newer. The Premier League came in the 91-92 season, I believe, or 92-93. Everything before the Premier League, no one cares about. Realist, like, really? If you're talking about league titles? No one cares. Even though it's an important mark in a team's history, most people just don't care. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, you've won a lot of titles. When's the last time you won a Premier League? Oh, you never won it. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you guys. Manchester United have won it 13 times. And then this was Liverpool's first one. 19 or 2019-20 season. And yours truly, a pretty much, as far as you can go back, Manchester United fan, got a Liverpool jersey in the mail. And not only that, I just get... It's, I appreciate the order... Because I, I'm glad it was for a small business. And I like the handwritten note. There's nice sentiment in that. But 
Martin, I love you, and I appreciate you for doing this. This is a really cool business strategy you guys got going on there. Why Liverpool? What may I could have taken a Barcelona jersey? I have a Lionel Messi Barcelona jersey. I would have taken a PSG jersey. Hell, I would have taken a Manchester United jersey, obviously. But Liverpool? They were just going big clubs. I could just name Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. Hell, Tottenham. I don't know if you consider Tottenham a big team, but they're they spend a lot. Of, they get they're they're one of the more financially stable clubs throughout Europe. They have a monster spaceship style stadium. Man, I would have taken any of those. Atletico Madrid. I would have loved an Atletico Madrid kit. All I asked for was not one of four teams. I'm pretty sure they would include Ajax in there as well, even though they're not in a top five league technically. Sporting Lisbon. I would have taken Benfica, FC Porto, or big clubs. What other? Am I forgetting a country? France, PSG, Lyon, Marseille. I would have. I named a lot of clubs there. Not one of them were Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, or Man City. And that's the jersey I got. I don't know what to do with it. Because I don't want it in my sight. It stayed upstairs ever since I got it. It was in my room, actually. It was in my room for about 20 seconds. Because I didn't know what to do with it. And then my dad came home and I wanted to show him the atrocity that just came in the mail today. So I'm sitting there. It's just hanging on a chair. I almost set it on Josh Allen. And I would not dare do that to Josh Allen. I have a Josh Allen jersey after the Bills beat the Miami Dolphins 35 nothing. Took the jersey out, set it on a chair. I was like, okay, ready for next week. And uh, I almost set it on that. I was like, ooh, no, 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 no. You will be my backrest as I eat dinner. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. I haven't, I've touched it. I haven't touched it really since I got it. It's just been sitting on a chair. And my dad says, sell it. It's, I don't know what to do with it. I kind of just want to burn I don't know if I've told you guys this. I might have. There's a certain amount of people I've told this to, but I don't know if it's general knowledge at this point. A few years ago, it might have, yeah, a few years ago, my dad ordered things from fanatics.com. For those of you who are unaware of what that is, it's just basically a place where you can go get team gear. They're sponsored of a, a lot of different teams around the United States. It's like hockey jerseys. You'll see a lot of fanatics jerseys because the Adidas jerseys are freaking price they price out everybody with the adidas jerseys so you get fanatics jerseys so we order stuff from fanatics and i'm sitting in the basement just hanging out with our dog bear and my dad yells downstairs says hey logan uh did you order stuff from fanatics I said no well come upstairs and look at this there's two giant boxes of fanatic stuff so like you know those desks that we had in high school like the little the de- the chair and the little table that were attached together was like great back cracking stuff going on there. That's how big these boxes were. One stuff full of random knickknacks. Now it had the things my dad ordered, but there were like two things. There's bobbleheads in this thing. There's like different all sorts of memorabilia. Not necessarily shirts in this one box, more of like collectors items, but I can't think of the other stuff that was in there because we didn't my attention did not last very long on that box when we opened the other box and it's just all Nebraska sweatshirts. Every This box is massive, full of Nebraska sweatshirts. And being a lifelong Iowan and being an Iowa Hawk, growing up an Iowa Hawkeye fan, 
Actually, it doesn't even matter that I grew up an Iowa Hawkeye fan. Iowa, Iowa State. No, even William Penn fans hate Nebraska. It's like a similar thing we have around the state of Iowa. Like every kid that went to high school in the state of Iowa hates Dowling. You might not play Dowling, but you hate Dowling and what they stand for. That's Nebraska. And I, that's what we got in the mail. It's like there couldn't be a worse team that came in the mail randomly. But this, that's the only thing I can compare this Liverpool jersey to. But this one I paid for. Like we talked to fanatics and they didn't just, they were like, well, from all our intents and purposes, we, you don't have that. That's pretty much what they said. So we're like, what do we do with this stuff? And ironically, I believe it was around the same week that Nebraska and Iowa played. <laughs> so it made it even funnier. I don't even remember what we did with it. It's not here anymore that I'm aware of. It might still be tucked somewhere in the garage, but to my knowledge, it's not here. We didn't burn it because that was the initial thought process was to do, just start a giant bonfire of Nebraska garbage. And that's the initial thought process of going through getting a Liverpool jersey. I don't care if it's nice. It's a Liverpool jersey. I don't know what to do with it. I grew up watching Manchester United play. Out of all the jerseys, it could have been anything. <laughs> it's just Liverpool. My least favorite soccer team in the world. And that's the one. that It's like ordering a football jersey and getting a freaking New England Patriots jersey. Or a Cowboys jersey. What the hell am I meant to do with this? No one's going to buy it from me. I have no friends that are... I have like... I have about two friends, maybe. I know one for sure. I'm just going to say there might be two <laughs> friends that are Cowboys fans. I know nobody that's a Liverpool fan. I know nobody. I don't surround myself with those types of people. So I don't know where I could get rid of this jersey. And I'm not giving it to somebody. I mean, if I gave it to someone, they'd have to buy it from me. Because at least I'm getting somewhat of a profit out of it. No, it's not even a profit. I'm just getting some sort of money out of it. I'm still losing money because I'm not going to... I could try... I could go on eBay and sell it somewhere. But this is a jersey from two years ago. So I don't know how much this will be worth. I think it'd be worth a decent amount because it's from the year they won the Premier League title for the first time. But it's not like an exclusive jersey or something like that or something that a player signed or a player worn. No, it's just a random-ass Liverpool jersey that I got shipped to me in Martin. Again, I cannot. I, I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful to Martin because I really appreciate Martin and what they're doing over at any day's fo away day's football. But Liverpool... Did Google sell my information there and tell them, hey, dude, this guy has made it very abundantly clear, which I guess is the same thing, but he's made it abundantly clear that he does not like Liverpool. We have about, I don't know, 20 or 30 teams we could choose from here. If we're just going over big clubs, he had a list of four that we can't choose from, and we chose them. I would have been the least, I would have been upset, but I would have been the least mad for Chelsea. Liverpool, Man City, and Arsenal are in like a different tier to Chelsea. I still don't like Chelsea, but those three that I mentioned before are on a way higher scale of hatred because those were the teams that Manchester United was competing with. Liverpool and Arsenal, or Liverpool and Manchester United, biggest rivalry in England. Not necessarily a local derby, but it's one of the big. It's the biggest rivalry in England. You got Man City, Man United, Everton, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, but that. Growing up was the biggest rivalry. Even though Liverpool wasn't winning anything and they weren't really a direct threat, you just wanted to beat them. 
It's like the Bills and Dolphins. <laughs> you should, the Dolphins, yeah, they're they're all right. They're gonna finish in the top four. This is Liverpool. Like they're gonna finish second in the division, but are they really directly challenging Manchester United or the Bills? No, they're not. But you still want to kick their ass every single time. Man City is like I don't know New England Patriots. A team now the Patriots didn't get a shit ton of money. They didn't buy their problems away. Pretty much the exact opposite. <laughs> they just traded everybody that they didn't like. But they were terrible. For years. They went to two Super Bowls in the, in the 20th century. The rest of it was marred by being ass the entire time. Man City was ass. They, like in the 21st century, they were getting relegated to I think the second division or the first division. The League One, I believe. I could be completely wrong about that, but I, I believe that's right. And then Arsenal, I just hate Arsenal. They have annoying ass fans. They're not good, and they think they're good. It's the Dallas Cowboys of soccer, pretty much. A team that's living off the past, but has been ass forever. Or forever. Yeah. This is the last five years. <laughs> oh, man. Chelsea is just, I don't know. They challenge, They were big rivals with Manchester United in the twenty, the early 2010s, or like the the 2000s, I guess. They were big rivalry, big rivals then. You said, heck, the 2007-2008 Champions League Finals being Chelsea and Manchester United. It was decided by a missed penalty kick from John Terry. And man, out of all the teams, <laughs> it had to be. It just had to be Liverpool. It just had to be. It had to be. But yes, you know you can't. You win some, you lose some. Okay, that's that's the motto here. You win some and you lose some. And that's the kind of the situation you're also going with when you get in, like, random arguments with people. Especially random arguments that you don't know how they they found you. It's just kind of like, oh, you got a notification about so-and-so doesn't like what you said. How did they find me? I don't follow anybody they follow. They don't follow anybody that I follow. How did they find this? They had to go into the search bar, search a specific thing, and then go... I'm going to fight this dude today. Crack knuckles. Crack neck. Okay. Roll the shoulders a little bit. And then go to work on your keyboard. Or your phone. Whatever. Your iPad. I don't know. Whatever you're using. Your Samsung Galaxy Pro. I don't, I don't know. What do people use to type things? I, I don't know. But I posted my Heisman list. And this is going to be a controversial topic. Because they're always right. You're always wrong. But this was a more entertaining one because it lasted one tweet. And it's not even just the person that originally tweeted me that was the funny issue about this whole thing. It was the the everything involved in this. Now, we've talked about me getting the, the argument or whatever with dude with CJ Stroud. Remember that one from week one? Getting the argument about, oh... Spencer Rattler and Bryce Young are the only two real challengers here. But post-week one, how can you say that? <laughs> There's nothing that you can say that convinces me that Rattler throwing more interceptions than touchdowns at home against unranked Tulane and beating them by five is not better than Stroud throwing for X amount of yards, four touchdowns on the road in his first ever Big Ten start on, against a Big Ten team while it's raining at night in front of a national audience. But since that game... 
C.J. Stroud has gone down in play. And this is what we talked about prior to the season starting, is that if he does not play his ass off this season, he might not start next year. Because you got the highest rated high school quarterback ever sitting right behind him in Quinn Ewers. If he does not play better than what he's playing right now, he struggled against Tulsa. He played really bad. He threw for a crap ton of yards against Oregon. Threw a bad interception and missed a lot of receivers. So he dropped down to six from two. Or no, dropped down to four from two. After Tulsa, he dropped out of the top eight completely. He's just gone. <laughs> and I still had somebody tweeting me about Spen- or CJ Stroud. And all dude said <laughs> was, where's that? He's gone. Oh, CJ Stroud, LMAO, what a joke. Ignitus J. Riley, his nick his Twitter name is at offensive mix or offensive minx or whatever. His Twitter picture looks like Colonel Mustard. I think that's exactly what it is, because he's holding a hot dog with mustard on it, and it looks like something out of clue. And this is why I <laughs> he just said LMAO, CJ Stroud, LMAO, what a joke. I said, joke, what's the joke? And he didn't respond to me. I clicked on his profile. Before I even sent the tweet, I, I looked at his profile. His header is Michigan Stadium. <laughs> not followed by anyone you're following. I'm not, I'm not knowing I'm, what he's following. But <laughs> he's a... Uh, I don't know what's going on here. His, for his Twitter, his header is a Michigan logo. Every, almost every retweet has something to do with Michigan football. So when I saw that, I almost was like, what's your completely unbiased opinion about C.J. Stroud? Because <laughs> there obviously wasn't going to be one. People make fun of Michigan fans all the time for not being the most, I don't know, level-headed fans out there. They're in the same realm of like Notre Dame, of Florida State, of uh, not the same realm, but Nebraska's up there as well. Just teams that used to be really good and just, you know, aren't that good. I mean, Michigan's pretty good this year. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but... I had Blake Corum on here as well. We talked about that the Michigan running backs had a really good start to the season. But I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. Well, he's just, he's not going to provide any reasoning. He just said, what a joke. I said, joke, what joke? Never responded. I'm still kind of expecting a reply at some point just because this is the type of thing that you get. But there's a guy that liked his tweet. And I clicked on the profile. His name is Trueness. And it is a... Trueness with one S, so T R U E N E S, and then two five eight six two nine two zero. This dude has four hundred and fifty four tweets, no followers, no following, and every single tweet, and I'm not exaggerating here, you can go through his Twitter account yourself, is everything anti CJ Stroud. This has to be a, uh, so the other quarterback at Ohio State, he retweeted this article. I have to scroll back up because I was going through the tweets real quick. Is Kyle McCord. I believe it is a Kyle McCord burner account. 454 tweets. If you go through the likes, it's everything bashing CJ Stroud. So (laughs) I don't care if CJ Stroud's healthy to play Saturday. He shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, CJ Stroud is such a pain that it's affecting his throat. CJ Stroud is in so much pain it's affecting his throwing motion, how he is the best option in Ohio State, or how bad are the other options. 
like, one like on that one. Uh, Coach Coach Day. Okay, Coach Day, we still have Kyle McCord and Jack Miller. I watched CJ Stroud in three games, and we have a, another QB in Columbus. It's happening. I won't. It won't be long before until C.J. Stroud is out of here. C.J. looked impressive in the spring game and looked to command in the huddle. His arm talent just isn't on par with the other two. Stroud could end up wasting precious years of Ohio State football. No shot this dude wins a natty unless he has 80, the 85 Bears defense behind him or Georgia's. C.J. Stroud sucks. POV. C.J. Stroud sees Chris Olave down open, down open, open downfield. This is a tweet responding to. The uh, Bleacher Report posting Conor McGregor's first pitch at the Chicago Cubs game. And it's terrible. It's terrible. What else? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. If Stroud is going to openly use his shoulder as excuse, saying it's not an excuse doesn't make it so, he needs to sit until his shoulder is no longer an issue. Ewers now. I just don't understand. This is dumber than giving Zeke two carries the second half of the 2015 MSU game. Playing an injured QB against one of the worst teams in D1 has to be the dumbest decision Day has made in short-term short stint here. If he really wants to win the Big Ten, he should probably rest QB1 in a glorified scrimmage. CJ Stroud, LMAO, what a joke. Stroud still can't run. Like, this is just his light tweets. You go into the actual tweets. Absolute disgrace. You're not giving the other QBs a chance. Time to fire a lot of coaches. Fire Ryan O'Day. If Stroud fails, then Ryan O'Day should be looked at. Ryan O'Day has <laughs> never, what is it, never lost a regular season game at Ohio State. Never once has he lost a regular season game at Ohio State. And because you don't like the 19-year-old he's playing at quarterback, he should go. I've never seen so much hate towards a 19-year-old kid. Like, and you could say, Logan, you don't like Spencer Peters that much. He's not 19, and two, I don't dedicate 454 tweets Hating on the kid. Ryan Dale's failing act. Ben Stroud, start McCord. <laughs> oh my god. I don't get this dude. They are coddling Stroud. He's clearly not the starting not starting QB material. He lacks tangibles and intangibles. When will Ryan Day grow some courage and put McCord in? He's failing to act. <laughs> Oh my god, if Day lets Stroud start the Penn State game, my respect for him takes a, a nice dive. I'm assuming he meant nose dive. Agree with you. Ryan Day needs to grow some balls and bench Stroud and start McCord. If this season is a failure and he continues to back Stroud, he'll be coaching his job next year. <laughs> oh, I can't help you if Stroud starts against Penn State. It's a loss. The season is over, so have fun. This is just off of one day. He's tweeted this today. <laughs> He's not. This isn't like a multiple day thing. He's unloading. I don't even know when the first tweet was. He has no followers, no followings. And every single tweet is hating on Ryan Day and CJ Stroud. This is not Kyle McCord or someone related to Kyle McCord or someone related. I don't think it's Quinn Ewers because he... I don't know if he can play yet. I know he's enrolled there, but I don't know if he can play. I will be shocked. This is ridiculous. I've never seen this before. And he's there's a few tweets in a row where he just responds to articles and people's tweets by just posting an article from scarletandgame.com, which I'm assuming is Ohio State page. Ohio State football, CJ Stroud doesn't give the Bucks best chance to win. 
Like, it's just multiple times. The main problem is the offense. It's a horror show. Not to mention the fact the defense can't stop anybody. That's something that should be talked about as well. They gave up 20 points to Tulsa. At home. <laughs> what? Like, you can talk about the offense being an issue. Their defense can't stop anything. It's bleeding points right now. You're giving out 20 points to Tulsa in the horseshoe, and we're bashing CJ Stroud. <laughs> the main problem is the offense is a horror show. In modern college football, 20 points allowed is not horrible. Not if you're playing Tulsa, 0-3 Tulsa. That this does, what? 20 points is not a lot to give up. If you're playing Alabama, if you're playing Iowa, I know they're not in the same tier, but I'm just saying you have better college programs than 0-3, then 0-2 Tulsa. Shut the hell up. This doesn't make any sense. Taking Stroud out and putting McCord in would solve a lot of problems. The QB's energy and way of compete, competing transfers to the whole team. Stroud plays scared. If Day continues to ride the Stroud Titanic all the way to the iceberg, he will sink along with it at Ryan Day time. I don't know if that... Oh, that's that's Ryan Day's actual tweet. Or Twitter. Ryan Day time. Okay. Ryan Day. I did not know it was your Twitter account, but you should change that. My old Twitter account was Thundersnow811, and that was bad. Ryan Day time. You're a college football coach at a D1 program. Ryan Day time. For those of you who know leadership, we know that Stroud doesn't have it. You take it, Your take was completely wrong. Stroud will continue to show you the moment was too big for him. Do you still believe Stroud should start? He clearly shouldn't. He's not cut out to be a great college quarterback or starter in the NFL. Because, you know, you have to be a great starter in, the, in college to be a great starter in the NFL. Because that's just, you know, how it works. Because, you know, Kurt Warner was a great college quarterback. <laughs> he was insane. Played one season at UNI? Ooh, big time. Big time starting quarterback there. <laughs> if you're not a starter in the NFL, you're a bad college quarterback. Well, that's that. Uh, yeah, Case Keenum. He was a bad NFL quarterback. He was a he was a pretty good NFL, pretty good college quarterback. You should take that to the bank. Oh my God! Start McCord. That simple. Nothing wrong with wishing McCord to start. So get used to it, dude. There is not. I will say that there is nothing wrong with saying McCord should start. That's not the issue here. It's the fact you've dedicated 454 tweets to saying McCord should start and Stroud sucks. That's the issue. I don't have an issue with you saying McCord should start. Everybody's an expert. Because I'm sure Trueness, Trueness with one S, 25862920 is very, very good. I, it has to be related to someone with McCord, right? It has to be. I refuse some random Joe Schmo sitting on his couch in wherever the hell he is because, of course, he doesn't put his his location on anything. Or does he? No, he doesn't. I'm not surprised either. And he's just got this random out. It just says create. That's what his Twitter account is. Is it blasphemy to criticize Stroud? You should really... You were so blinded that you wanted to blame everything on the defense. The defense sucks! What do you mean? 20 points isn't a lot. Yeah, it's not really when you're playing a good football team. When you're playing Tulsa, yes, it's a problem when you have two players, or three. I don't know if Seven Banks is playing, or Sevian Banks is playing right now. He didn't play against Minnesota, in my knowledge. You have NFL starters on your defense. You gave up 20 to Tulsa. Yes, that is a lot. To playing normal Big Ten teams, no. To Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, 
To Nebraska, yeah, it's a lot. Okay, I'll give you that. Giving up 20 to Nebraska is quite a bit of points. But Tulsa, you cannot defend that. I don't care. If Stroud, does, if Coach Day does not bench Stroud at halftime, I question his ability as a head coach. And it's time to wonder if Ryan Day can make it through decisions as tough decisions as a head coach of an elite program, even though he has never lost a game ever in his regular season coaching debut. And he just beat the brakes off Clemson last year. Need a new QB second half. Oh, and he tweeted something about the United States. What is going on here? Wow. Anthony Robinson at right back. Yeah, that's a good one. Anthony Robinson right back. That's his that's his uh, stone cold take right there. Walker Zimmerman ahead of Brooks. Nice. Yeah. Anthony Robinson at right back. John Brooks should be removed from the starting lot. Fire Burhalter and Ernie Stewart. And then now we're back to Ohio State. We're, I'm trying to get to the very beginning of where these all all these tweets started. Because it's very confusing to just go, I want to see when this started. September 8th. Okay. I'm so confused on this Twitter account. There has to be something here. It it can't just be nothing. What did he say about the United States? Lawless and Rob have to be around the USMT so they have to have nice, I don't know. There's a lot of spelling errors on a lot of this guy's tweets. That's another thing. How do you tweet so much and have no followers? Like, someone would have to follow you. Logan, I'm a fan from the land. What is the, oh, Cleveland, okay. And could really use a donation so I could pay my bills. Was laid off in the pandemic facing eviction September 4th. If you could send crypto, that would mean the world. Dude's really trying to get... (sighs) I'm so confused with this Twitter account. This is the weirdest Twitter account I think I've ever seen. With that little, like, tweet to follower ratio... This has got to be the worst Twitter account on Twitter, doesn't it? Like, if you're just going off tweet per follower ratio, like some people have, if you have a shit ton of tweets, you're going to have a shit ton of followers because you're tweeting a lot, so that means people are gravitating towards what you say. You're tweeting so much, and then no one follows you. And it's not a private account either. Like, I'm looking at it right now. I don't follow this dude. Should I just follow him now? Just so he has a follower? Just so he has a friend? So July 7th was his first ever tweet, and it's surprisingly not about C.J. Stroud or Kyle McCord. A lot about the United States, which, again, Anthony Robinson are right back, so that's good. I don't know. I get criticism for Greg Berhalter. I'm not saying that he shouldn't criticize Greg Berhalter, but he didn't dedicate that many tweets to it. He dedicated, like, an average five, which is pretty standard for... People, you know, hating on somebody. Zero followers, zero following, but 454 tweets. Let's refresh. Let's see if he's tweeted anything recently. Nope. He's been off Twitter for a little bit, but he tweeted what an hour ago. 8.20. So just over an hour ago. It's 9.30 right now. So just over an hour ago. Absolute disgrace. 
You are not giving other QBs a chance. Time to fire a lot of coaches. This is kind of annoying. The like I don't I don't know what it is. This is a very annoying mindset to me. You I get you beat you allowed 20 points to Tulsa. You scored 45, I believe. But it's the quarterback's fault. And Stroud's not played good. I'm not saying that Stroud's played amazing. He played good week one and hasn't played that good since. And I get the criticism of him. I understand that 100%. To dedicate that much to him. Like, that was all of his likes are about C.J. Stroud. That's it. That's all his Twitter is. <laughs> I didn't think we dedicate this much time of the show to this topic, but I just think it's so funny. It's hum- It's very humorous to see all this because I've never seen it before. And not only this, I would just ass- I mean, I would assume. I don't know what it is. I would assume he's an Ohio State fan. Or again, related to somebody, related to somebody at Ohio State that doesn't like C.J. Stroud or Ryan Day. Because usually, I, I, it might be someone related to Kyle McCord. His family doesn't like Ryan Dix. He's playing C.J. Stroud. Stroud hasn't played well the past two games. So we're going to tweet about at the Ohio State social media team that does not get controlled by the head coach or anybody up high. It is a college student that's watching the game. That's it in a graphics department. They're not going to help you with your problems about getting rid of Ryan Day and benching C.J. Stroud. They don't make those decisions. So stop tweeting at them. And you can criticize quarterbacks all you want. You're in your own, you're within your rights to criticize players. And they're in the rights to criticize you back. It's a free th- You can do that. But that much. <laughs> That's a lot. And most of those tweets are like the past... Three days. It's not like they're spread out over multiple years. No, it's been like three days. Allowing 20 points to college football is normal. When you're playing good teams, yes. If you're playing Tulsa at home, when you're a 30-something point favorite, or what what, what was the line on that? Because I have the screenshot still from my picks of that weekend, which was wrong. 26 and a half. Was the line Ohio State versus Tulsa? What was the final score in that game? I don't remember what the score was. Week three of college football. Let's see what the score was. So it was 41 20 was the final score there. And I'm not saying the offense looked good. It's not. <laughs> you can't defend the defense going 20 points is a fine amount of points to give up in today's college football. Yeah, when you're when you're not playing a terrible team. <laughs> that, that's a team in Tulsa that lost to UC Davis, who has been a pretty bang average FCS team over the past few seasons. That's the team that just scored 20, but they didn't even score 20 points on UC Davis. They scored 17. They scored 20 points at the horseshoe at Ohio State, who has NFL starters on defense. <laughs> That's just funny to me. I would go recommend you find that guy on Twitter or a girl. I don't know what I don't know who they are. They don't have again. Surprisingly, all these people that you don't have that you get in these Twitter arguments with never have their face as their Twitter picture or their name or anything about them. The only thing we know about trueness with one S is that he's from the land. 
which is what losers from Cleveland call Cleveland. Okay? I don't know. I just think that's really funny. <laughs> so CJ Stroud was not... This is the best part about the thing. Dude said CJ Stroud were a joke. CJ Stroud was in the honorable mentions list. He wasn't even in the top eight. <laughs> he still was like, what a joke, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud's still going to get talked about in the Heisman. He's going to put up good numbers this season. For all intents and purposes, the Heisman is a stats-based trophy. <laughs> if you don't have great numbers, you're more likely than not going to be mentioned in the Heisman Trophy. And Stroud threw over 400 yards against Oregon. Though he didn't play good, he still threw over 400 yards against Oregon and will still be mentioned in top 10s. No matter if you like it or not, he's still, I think, sixth in the betting favorites to win the Heisman Trophy. Would you remember the first guy we got in the argument with on Twitter? They <laughs> they brought up the Vegas thing. I did not bring that up. They brought it up. And DJU was also ranked third. And DJU is nowhere near Heisman list anymore. As he well, he's done that I not mine anyways. He's nowhere near it. They stink. Clemson stinks. But they're gonna they beat Georgia Tech by six. They beat them 73-7 to last year. <laughs> oh, man. But they, I, I, I'm waiting for an outsider to not meaning outsider by meaning from not the state of Iowa to say something about no one said anything about Tory Taylor being it. I've had two people, two friends come at me about Tory Taylor. <laughs> One of them was thank you because he's been tweeting at me a lot about getting Tory Taylor, at least on the honorable mentions list. Preseason was Tyler Linderbaum. Now it's Tory Taylor. So I put him on there just for jokes. And then one of my friends on Instagram said, how is he in the honorable mentions list? This is a joke. Those are the types of interactions I like, not the CJ Stroud with a joke. And I know it's not a joke. Like, well, what's the joke? <laughs> you explain here, completely unbiased to Ohio state fan. <laughs> he's not, that was a joke. He's a Michigan fan. Big time. Michigan. I don't know about the other guy. I can assume he's an Ohio state fan or biggest. I mean, he's from Cleveland. So you would think he's an Akron fan or start Cleveland state. And he's just a giant Ohio state fan. <laughs> and hates CJ Stroud. Everything to do with CJ Stroud from Rancho Cucamongo, California, how old is CJ Stroud? I guess I've never even really looked at how old he is. He's 19. He turns 20 <laughs> in October. October 30 turns 20. And we're <laughs> he was Big Ten freshman of the week two straight weeks. And he didn't play well against Oregon, even though he threw a crap ton of yards. He's not a bad quarterback, so stop that. He's not playing well, but that's a dumbass argument. He's not a bad quarterback. Otherwise, he would start for Ohio State. Like, <laughs> would you take John Bachman over C.J. Stroud? No. Only anybody would. Just because he led you a national championship, he got carried by Beanie Wells. That was not <laughs> John Bachman. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I just think those are funny. Just be It's all started because I tweeted about C.J. Stroud week one. And now it's just become a thing where we just basically have a weekly C.J. Stroud segment where we kind of defend him, but not really. I mean, I'm not defending him. I think he's struggled the past two weeks. That's why he wasn't on the list. <laughs> that was the main reason. But it still got brought up, even though he wasn't on the list. Even though he wasn't on the list. But with that, we have another list for you. It is the 2021 Week 3 prospect quarterback prospect preview list. Quarterback prospect rankings list. Week 3 for the 2022 
NFL Draft. The draft expert is back for you to talk about some NFL Draft players. This is all quarterbacks. I think midseason, we'll come out with a new top five for every single position, but right now, we're just going to keep talking about quarterbacks because I played quarterback. I know how to scout the position. I'm not saying I was the best ever, but I was close. I think I know what I'm talking about when a quarter. I think. <laughs> I shouldn't say I know. I think I know what I'm talking about. But here's my week three list. Should I start at 10 and work my way up to one because I think number one will get a little more interesting as we move up the list. I think it is. I think it will be. At number 10, yeah, we'll start at 10 work our way down. Number 10 is Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. So for those of you who've been following my preseason list, or my list, so I'm going to start putting this in the articles. I edited the past two and put their preseason rank, week one ranking, week two, week three, and we're going to keep going down the list. And then week four, who they play, or if they have a bye when their next game is. So preseason, Jaden Daniels ranked ninth, week one, tenth. He dropped down because Phil Yurkovic played very, very well week one against Miami of Ohio. No, that was Cincinnati. Who'd they play week one? I don't remember who Boston College played, but Yurkovic played very, very well. And then Jaden Daniels played well the next week against UNLV. He moved up to the number seven, mostly because some other quarterbacks played bad. Slovis didn't play very good. JT Daniels wasn't playing. Yurkovic got hurt, so he had some other pieces in front of him fall out of place. So that was the main reason he jumped up. And now he's back to number 10. They got beat against Utah, BYU, which is not surprising by any stretch of the imagination. That's, that was one of the games we had. Provo, Utah is an extremely tough place to play, let alone at night. So they went in there. And Arizona State, over the past few years, has been a very big play-to-the-level-of-your-competition type team. And if you play a team that's better than you, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat them. <laughs> if you're Even if you're playing to the level of their competition, it's going to be hard to beat them. And that proved this game. Jaden Daniels threw two interceptions, no touchdowns this game, and that put him over... Three interceptions on the season with only two touchdowns. He's had two games this season where he's not thrown a touchdown or ran a touchdown. He still has zero rushing touchdowns on the season. So with three games, he has two touchdowns, and both of them, I believe, came against UNLV. So he's not having an amazing year, but he, I don't know. I, he'll get better as the season progresses. I really think he will because I think he's a very talented quarterback. He's his third year as a starter here at Arizona State. He didn't necessarily play miserable, he went 21 of 29, 265 yards, but the two interceptions only eight yards rushing on 10 attempts is not great. So he dropped down to number 10. Number nine, we have a newbie on this list, a new guy. And he's not, he's thrown, to my knowledge anyways, I'll scroll through the rest of this list just to make sure. Just hold on, hold on here, hold on. I believe he's thrown more touchdowns than anybody on this list. He's a new guy, and we haven't really talked about him a lot. We probably should. I don't know. We'll adjust this list. So I had him in a different ranking before I started the show, and then I'm looking at the list now. It's still in that same ranking, so I might just keep it, and we'll talk about it once we get to the end. But number nine, I have Kenny Pickett, which is not what I have on the list, but that's where I'm saying right now. I have a change of mind right now. Kenny Pickett had a very nice game against Western Michigan, even though they lost a game they were favored by 15 to win. <laughs> which is not helpful for me. But 23 of 31, 382 yards, six touchdowns, one pick, and 54 yards rushing, which led Pitt, is very nice. And also, this season, with those six passing touchdowns, that's an insane number of passing touchdowns, he now has 10 touchdowns in the season, which is three less than his career high. He had two career highs, set two, or set a career high at 13 and matched it last year. So his 13 touchdowns is a career high in college. He has 10 through three games. 
One of those games was on the road at Neyland Stadium against Tennessee, which they were underdogs in that game. And this one, they've struggled. They struggled a lot. I mean, giving up 44 points, which is not a lot in today's college football. You, you know, you should... You should uh, he played he played decent. I mean, he didn't play amazing. He put up good numbers. But preseason, we did the whole top 20 list. He was ranked 16th on the list. In the preseason, I don't know if we've gone over this recently because, you know, a lot of things has happened recently. But since he's the only one that has not been talked about that much this season, on this show anyways, we'll talk about the preseason rankings for the offensive positions, for quarterbacks anyways. So he was ranked 16th. For, I don't know if we talked about every quarterback outside the top 10 but 11 was Emory Jones, uh, 12 was Brock Purdy, uh, 13 was Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 14 was Derek King, 15 Tyler Show, 16 Kenny Pickett, 17 Michael Penix Jr., uh, 18 Dylan Gabriel, 19 Tanner Morgan, 20 Bo Nix. I, I remember thinking at this time, like thinking about Grace McCall and not putting him on there because I just didn't believe he'd come out this year. So that was my main reason for not having Grace McCall on here because I just didn't believe he'd come out. I mean, he's playing for Coastal Carolina. Unless he put up a Heisman-worthy season, I didn't think he was going to come out. And I was also confused on if he could or not because I didn't know if he was a redshirt sophomore or just a straight sophomore because you have to have three years out of high school to go to the NFL. So I was kind of confused. And then once the season started, I was like, oh, he's getting mentioned in these kind of things. That must mean he's a redshirt sophomore. So he's listed in the honorable mentions. Spoiler alert, he's not on the list. But Kenny Pickett is like a se- an eighth-year senior. No, he's a fifth-year, I believe. His fifth year at Pitt. Was not ranked in week one, not ranked week two. And then now he's in the top 10 for the first time, and they play New Hampshire this week. So you throw six touchdowns against Western Michigan, I expect him to do pretty much the same thing against New Hampshire. Pretty average FCS team. Number eight on this list is... Because, uh, again, I, I have an order on my screen right now. But I'm adjusting it mid-game right now. I'm trying to figure out if I like it or not which I've already changed one, so I don't like it too much. Number eight, JT Daniels. He's back in the top 10, had a really nice game. Crazy, he had a really nice game against South Carolina. Who does have a pretty decent defense? I mean, they haven't played a world-beater schedule so far this season, but before this week against Georgia, they were the fourth-ranked defense in college football, playing Eastern Illinois and then Eastern Carolina. So, I mean, not a big sample size here, but they were ranked fourth in total defense going into this game. And then they played a real team, and then I was like, oh, crap, we're really not that good. But he threw, in this game, three touchdowns, one interception. Again, I mean, this is not surprising to anybody that's listening to the show about JT Daniels. It'd be negative seven rushing yards. He's had, like, negative 300 rushing yards at this point in his career. So we're not surprised about that. Those three touchdowns, though, he's not – well, that doesn't feel right. Did he not throw a touch? No, he had – he threw no touchdowns and interception because, obviously, the touchdown was scored by Georgia's defense, which is not surprising. We got three touchdowns, two interceptions, naked, 15 yards on the season. Preseason ranked seventh and eighth, and then he was an honorable mention, and then week three is ranked eighth. She's back at number eight. So he dropped out of the rankings in week two, back at number eight. I don't really know. This is. JD Daniels is a weird one for me because I don't know if he's actually that good or we're just going off the hype that he was a really good high school quarterback. I don't know what the, the thing is here what he's done. I mean, he's undefeated at Georgia, so, I mean, fair play, but people are ready for Jimmy G to get benched when he has a much better, the 49ers have a much better record with him in than versus without him. And to some, after the UAB game, there were some rumblings, very little. I'm not going to say this was widely talked about, 
But there were some rumblings that Stetson Bennett might take it. Because he had a very good game against UAB. Now, it's against UAB, a team they should have destroyed, and they did. So, can you read a lot into that game? I don't know. But either way, JT Daniels, I'm not a massive fan of. I don't think Kirby Smart's the greatest at developing quarterbacks. We've seen that over the past few seasons. The two best quarterbacks that he had at Georgia, and we're talking about just draft stock, left. And Jake Fromm was the only one that stayed. Now, we've talked about Jake Fromm's situation there and that he went to a national championship. It was going to be hard for him to lose that starting job. So he didn't do anything to lose it. He was a very safe option. But in hindsight, you definitely go Justin Fields. <laughs> but I don't know what JT Daniels really does that much better than everybody else. I, I just don't. I think he's on a team that has an amazing defense. And they'll win a lot of games because of their defense. Not necessarily because of the magic that he's creating offensively. Because he doesn't move very well. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's accurate. And I he's that... The quarterback... This is the problem. He's that quick processor or smart quarterback. You know the thing people say about a quarterback when they don't really have a lot of positive things? Like, oh, he's really smart. Oh, he's got the intangibles. Well, what the hell are the intangibles? This is the same thing that ESPN did last year when they compared Tua and Justin Herbert and just gave it factor to Tua. Every single thing Justin Herbert was better in, in their little checklist, the only thing Tua was better in was it factor. What the hell is that? What does that mean? What is it factor? Please explain to me what it factor is. Because after watching a year in the NFL, I don't know what that it factor is. I was confused when I saw it then, and frankly, I'm confused by it even more now. <laughs> because that was early in the season. That was pre-Justin Herbert breaking every single st- main, big rookie passing record. Like, he has the intangibles? What does that even mean? He's smart? Cool. Every quarterback should be smart. Can't really have a dumbass at quarterback. That doesn't really work. So, I don't know. I... J.T. Daniels was a really hyped high school quarterback who won the Gatorade High School Player of the Year. Went to USC, did not play very well his first year. Keaton Slovis comes in the year after. We'll talk about Keaton Slovis in a little bit. And he takes the job. His dad goes, he has a USC tattoo on his body. He's not transferring. A week later, he's transferred to Georgia. So, I I don't know. He's undefeated at Georgia, but how much has that been to J.T. Daniels versus their defense just being otherworldly? I don't know. Number seven... Now, if we're talking about accuracy on the statistic metric, when that completion percentage, this guy does not have the same numbers as JT Daniels. We're just talking straight completion percentage. I mean, JT Daniels 45 for 61 on the season. Dorian Thompson Robinson is 33 for 60. So that's not necessarily the biggest, like, insane uh, numbers completion percentage wise. But seven touchdowns, one interception, and 88 yards rushing. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a really good athlete at the quarterback position. And they might have lost to Fresno State. I'm not going to put too much weight on that because I think Fresno State's a good football team. Fresno State barely lost to Oregon week one, who's now ranked third in the nation. So I'm not going to put a lot of, oh, UCLA sucks now and Dorian Thompson-Robinson stinks because they lost to Fresno State. I'm not going to do that because, again, Fresno State is a good football team. I don't know why UCLA was favored by 11 points, or 11 and a half points, whatever they were, but they were. And we picked Fresno State in that game, one of the 16 games we got right that weekend. But Dorian Todd's Robinson in the game, 278 yards passing, three touchdowns, 67 yards rushing. 
I'm not going to put a lot on Dorian Thompson Rob or UCLA losing to that game, losing that game. Tough game because remember, 40 points is not a lot to give up in college football. But this week they play at Stanford, so this will be a really big make or break game because this is kind of the game that tanked T- Keaton Slovis. So this could be a really big game at Stanford. Kansas State, the team that beat them week one, just popped in the rankings. And the next quarterback on this list lost to Kansas State this week. He's the only quarterback, to my knowledge, on this list that has not moved. Every other quarterback on this list has moved in some capacity. Whether you're moving down, moving into the rankings, or just moving up in general. Carson Strong is still ranked number six. I don't think any of the quarter... I think every quarterback six and up is basically locked in that top six range. I don't really think there's a chance these guys drop off too badly. Because Carson Strong is a better quarterback than everybody I just mentioned. Robinson, Pickett, Daniels, Daniels again, (laughs) Jaden Daniels, JT Daniels. And though he's not going to get 85% completion percentage on the season like we talked about a few weeks ago or a month ago probably, he's still a very good quarterback. Kansas State now a top 25 team. On the road, they were favored. I think, well, I know myself did, but I think Vegas looked at who they had offensively, and go, yeah, they can beat, they can beat Kansas State, at Kansas State, a team they've never played before, have no prior history, which may, which again is just saying the same thing over and over again. But I think we just looked at the offensive weapons can uh, Nevada has, and go, yeah, we're picking them. Like Carson Strong, Romeo Dubes, or Dubs, Cole Turner is a beast at tight end. And it didn't work out in the end. They had a rough start of things against Cal, but came back to win. So you started the season with two games on the road. And then this next week, and or I guess they have a bye week, but October 2nd, you play at Boise State. And then you play, okay, New Mexico State. But then you play Hawaii, Fresno State. And then you play San Diego State and Air Force later in the season as well. The Mountain West is not the greatest conference in the world, but it is a tough conference. And it has some good teams. The teams we just mentioned are good football teams. Boise, Hawaii is a pretty decent team. Fresno State, San Diego State, Air Force, and Nevada, the team we're talking about, good football teams. And I think they'll get better as the season progresses. They've had a really rough start. I mean, Kansas State was not a great game for them. Carson Strong, 27 of 40. It's not a terrible metric for completion percentage, but one touchdown, one interception in the game, negative 14-yard rushing, not ideal. Yeah, he didn't have that bad of a game. And when I put, go in the description, I did make sure to italicize that to make it go that bad. It wasn't great. I mean, he still lost 20, 38 to 17. But they'll bounce back. They'll b- bounce back. I don't, he's not dropping from this point. He didn't do anything to raise up. And the quarterbacks in, behind him, I mean, the two quarterbacks that were directly behind him sucked last week, to put it lightly. So, or two of the quarterbacks that were closest to passing him. Did not play very well last week. So, by that metric, he's staying at number six. Number five is Desmond Ritter. So, we have some... This is Desmond Ritter's first drop. This se- well, I guess he moved up to number three and then back down to four. But this is the lowest he's been in my preseason rankings. I had him at preseason four, then week one, three, and then back to four. Now he's at number five. Playing Indiana, your Big Ten opponent on the road. This is first, Cincinnati's first real test of the season. Indiana has not played great this season, but it's still a big game at a Big Ten opponent, a team that has talent, though they're not really realizing it. They do have talent on that roster. 
he struggled, him and Cincinnati in general, not just Desmond Ritter, struggled early in the game. He had a really bad fumble that a lineman made worse by trying to pick it up with one hand and running with it, which was stupid. You jump on the ball. But they came into their own later in the game. He went 20 of 36, 210 passing, one touchdown, one pick, 45 rushing yards, and one touchdown in the game as well as they won by 14 points. So they came with their own later in the game, and they're ranked, I think, they're still ranked 8th, right? They didn't drop down, did they? They're still 8th. They're still number 8 in the nation. But, yeah, he dropped down this week, mostly because the other quarterbacks above him played very well this week. At least two of them played extremely well. Number 4, and this is is how I'm looking at this, because I know a lot of people are going to be very reactionary and go, this dude should be number 1, and I get that 100%. But going where I had him preseason, it's got to be a gradual thing. Unless the quarterbacks in front of him play like ass, he's not going to just shoot up the board. And I think you should know who I'm talking about. It was Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Number four, this week against Tulane, a team that Spencer Rattler did not play very well against, he threw for three and ran for four touchdowns in this game. He is one of the favorites to win the Heisman. I think right now it's between him and Bryce Young. And... He has not thrown an interception this season. He has 14 total touchdowns, five rushing, nine nine passing. And he's gradually moved up the list. Eight, six, five, four, and he's just going to keep moving up. The only problem is the guys in front of him have not really done a ton to lose spots that drastically. Because you look at the next player on the list, Sam Howell, is starting to come into his own a little bit this season. He struggled week one mightily against Virginia Tech. But against Virginia... A team who North Carolina not beaten in four or five years. This was a big test for him. Coming up against a quarterback in Brennan Armstrong, who's had himself a very, very nice season. We'll talk about in a little bit in the honorable mentions list. Howell in this game, five touchdowns passing. Didn't have a rushing touchdown, but had over five or over 400 yards of total offense. 307 pass yards, 112 rushing yards in a 20-point win. Again, against a team they have not beaten in four or five years. That Virginia Tech game, though, is a very big blemish, and I'm not going to overlook that, which is why he's still at number three. But he didn't do any... I, I think Corral played amazing against Tulane. I think it's ridiculous not to say he didn't play well against Tulane. He's, not had, a, he's had an insane season, and by all accounts, he's had a better season than Howell. But looking at where they both started this season, Howell started the season ranked second. Corral ranked eighth. So if you're just going off of we're dropping him down one spot... So he dropped down two after week one. Post-week one, he ranked fourth. After being ranked two, Corral moved up to six, I think. But Howell going back up to number three, did he have a worse game to allow Corral to jump him? I don't know. I think Corral very well may jump him at some point throughout the season, but right now, Howell will still be ranked number three. Number two is Spencer Rattler dropping off a spot. Did not play bad by any stretch against Nebraska but did not play well to what everybody was expecting against Nebraska. 22 points was the line in this game. 22, minus 22 Oklahoma in this game. And Oklahoma's not played great this season. They barely beat Tulane, and now they barely beat a bad bad Nebraska team that got ass-pounded by Illinois Week 1 by Arthur Sitkowski, or whatever the hell his name is. They got ass-pounded by them. There's no other way around it. They just got brutalized. Genetically jackhammered against Nebraska, or Illinois week one. This should have been a no-brainer. Oklahoma's going to kill Nebraska. And they didn't play that well, or as well as we thought. 
214 yards passing, a touchdown, and a rushing touchdown in the game for Rattler. He now has seven touchdowns, two interceptions on the game. He are on the season. He's not thrown an interception since week one and has thrown six touchdowns since then, so that's very impressive. But I I moved him down a spot. I don't think he's as untouchable as he once what well, everybody used to think he was. Have you looked at the start of the season? Rattler was the clear-cut favorite to be the first quarterback off the board and the clear-cut favorite to win the Heisman. There's not a lot of people out there that were said otherwise. There were some, but not a lot. They were a very small minority. Now, not only is he not the favorite to win the Heisman, there's people coming up on him for the draft. The Heisman and draft are two completely different things. Like, Robert Griffin III won the Heisman, but Andrew Luck went first overall. Just because you win the Heisman does not mean you're going to get drafted first overall. It helps. Like, Joe Burrow won the Heisman and went from a seventh-round draft pick to number one overall pick. And possible rookie of the year before he got hurt. So the Heisman helps, but it's not the end-all, be-all when it comes to draft stock. So Rattler, Mary, though I think Corral at this point in time is a way better shot at winning the Heisman than Rattler does, I do think Rattler's going to turn it around this season and start playing like the Spencer Rattler we know, what we expected going into the season. But he started so last year, had bad games against Iowa State and Texas before getting benched against Texas. So I expect this turns around at some point. But for now, he's ranked second. This list is a fluid list. It's not something that's nailed in and it's going to go all the way to April of 2022. No, this list is fluctuating every single week. Going week to week on each player, this is how we see it. But Rattler is not number one anymore. And number one to me is Malik Willis. And this might be a surprise to people because there might be a lot of people out there that have not ever watched Malik Willis play. And Malik Willis is an insane athlete. I think if we're just talking about what he can do with the football in his hands, there is nobody better in this draft class, or maybe even college football, that can do what he does. Not one quarterback in college football has his combination of arm strength and just insane speed slash athletic ability. No one has that. I don't give a rat's ass that they just played Old Dominion this week. He still had six, six total touchdowns, and had over 300 yards of total offense. I don't care if it was against Old Dominion. You have to beat the teams in front of you. Liberty is an independent school. But that hasn't changed the fact that Malik Willis is a freaking baller. He did not get the job at Auburn because Bo Nix is like the prodigal son of Auburn. If you look at Bo Nix versus Malik Willis, it's not even a competition. Malik Willis is way better than Bo Nix. Way better. It's not even close. The combination of raw, just pure speed, and ins- he's got the strongest arm in the draft. And he's the fastest. So, I don't care <laughs> if he plays against Old Dominion or Campbell. He can play them every single week, and I wouldn't care. Now, they do play Syracuse on Friday. The team they beat last year, this is their 13th straight home win. Liberty, were they an, a, a much as much talked about team a few years ago, as they are right now, it's because they have Malik Willis at quarterback. And Malik Willis this season, 613 yards passing, seven touchdowns, no picks, four rushing touchdowns, 225 yards. He is a special, special football player. Very special. The where you went to college thing does not really matter anymore. If you can play, they'll find you. And I think Malik Willis, if you're just looking at his overall ability... Malik Willis is the best quarterback in this draft class. 
And it's subject to change. I think Rattler could go off again. Matt Corral is going to play very well the rest of the season, I would imagine. Sam Howell is still very good. Ritter can turn it back on this season. Carson Strong could go off against some good Mountain West teams. But Willis is a baller. He's just an absolute baller. Absolute baller. And I'm really, really excited to see what Ole Miss and Liberty play in the last parts of the season. This is supposed to be like that SEC like run through week, like the game the week that SEC always just plays some BS opponents. November sixth, Liberty at Ole Miss. That is going to be an insane football game. That game will be awesome. I hope that is a primetime game. The game time has not been decided yet, but that will be awesome. That will be an insane game. And I put a poll on Twitter who people think should be the number one quarterback in this draft class, and right now Matt Corral is running away with it with 62.5%. This might change at some point. But just looking at what we started the year at, I think it's a gradual production or gradual rising up the list versus just, oh, boom, number one. Now, if I was not doing this week to week, and I was just going like, oh, yeah, he he's number one. If I wasn't doing this every single week. But because I am, and because I started this preseason, I have to go, okay, he's playing great, but the other quarterbacks have to drop a little bit, which is what Rattler did. And the Heisman standings, again, are two completely different things. Heisman standings versus draft stock. And right now, I think Malik Willis is the best quarterback in this draft class. Just my opinion. So you can't, it can't be wrong, it's my opinion. It's my opinion. So recapping the top 10, number one is Malik Willis, two, Spencer Rattler, three, Sam Howell, four, Matt Corral, five, Desmond Ritter, six, Carson Strong, seven, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, eight, JT Daniels, nine, Kenny Pickett, and number 10, Jaden Daniels. And some honorable mentions, Brennan Armstrong from Virginia, Derek King from Miami, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, Tyler Show from Texas Tech, and then Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis is in free fall right now. Not only did he not play well against Stanford, he's in a he's in a situation where he might lose a starting job. Jackson Dart, I don't know if you guys know what this dude looks like. I went on his Instagram today. This dude looks like a USC quarterback. This is what USC quarterbacks are supposed to look like, what Jackson Dart is. Jackson Dart had a great game against Washington State, which is a team you should realistically have a great game against. They're not notorious for their big-time defense. Ed led the team in rushing. Passing and rushing. I mean, passing, obviously, but rushing, he led them as well. This could be a real shot for Jackson Dart to take the job, and we might see Slovis' name in the transfer portal. We might not see him in this year's draft. Because he's going to put up big numbers just because USC throws the ball a shit ton of times. It doesn't mean he's playing good. He had consistency issues last year. And I was worried that was going to carry into this season. It turns out it has. So I'm nervous about Keaton Slovis, a quarterback I really like, but right now I cannot, I'm not putting him in the top 10. As a guy who I think might lose his starting job, I don't think he's top 10 right now. But yeah, that's my list for you right now. If you don't like it, I apologize. And I hope you, I hope you do like it. <laughs> I hope you like it. But that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I can only apologize there as well. Hope you liked that one as well. Go and follow my man, Trueness. Uh, what was his Twitter account again? I forgot. I don't I don't have his Twitter account up anymore. Where is he at? Where is he at? Okay, Trueness. There he is. Go make sure you go and follow this. Follow Trueness with one S, 2586 
Make sure you go and follow them on Twitter. I don't know if they have any other social media accounts. Did they tweet again recently? Have they tweeted again? Hold on. <laughs> Got to make sure they haven't tweeted anything. Nope, still a little bit ago. So, yeah. So, I hope you enjoyed the show. If not, again, I can only apologize about that. And apologies also to Tyrod Taylor of the Houston Texans. I love Tyrod Taylor. He's obviously the Bill, one of the Bills quarterbacks. I love Tyrod Taylor as a person. I think he's a great person. And he's out for the season. He just got put on IR. Part of me believes it. Part of me also goes, the Texans were playing pretty good with him at starting quarterback. Was this just a make sure the tank stays alive thing? You're competing with a team that was supposed to be one of the best in the AFC with Tyrod in that quarterback. And now he's got a hamstring injury. And now he's out for the season. So I'm intrigued to see if I can hear more because normally I'd go, okay, yeah, that's a, a hamstring injury, yeah. The Houston Texans are not a normal situation here. The Houston Texans are not a normal football team right now. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I believe it 100%. And then a couple more things before we end the show. The last three QBs to throw five interceptions in their first two career games. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Nathan Peterman. But actually... Nathan Peterman just did it in his second career game. <laughs> he didn't do it in two. He didn't need to take two games. He just did it all in one game. And not even one game, one half to make it even better against the Los Angeles Chargers. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence has not looked good. I mean, Zach Wilson throwing four interceptions against the Patriots is getting blown out a lot. And rightly, I mean, four interceptions is a lot of interceptions. But Lawrence threw a shit, has thrown a lot of interceptions this season. He's thrown, same, I'm pretty sure, the same number of interceptions this year. And then... Joe Burrow threw quite a bit of interceptions against the Bears. One return for a touchdown. So let's lay off. Zach Wilson will be fine. Zach Wilson will be fine. So hold off on calling him an absolute bust right now. And then the other thing, Stephen A. Smith, he's on another level, even another level from Mike Vick. Lamar Jackson, yes, we've talked about that before. Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Michael Vick. We have talked about that before. I love Michael Vick. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. But as a pure quarterback, Lamar is better. I think Vick was insane. He's one of the, one of the more, uh, what do you want to call him? Urban legends in football. He's not a Hall of Famer, but I don't know. He's one of those the streets will remember. Falcons, Michael Vick. Lamar is a better quarterback than Michael Vick. I, Vick's even said that, so I don't think that's even that blasphemous to say that. But Stephen A. Smith said that, and usually you don't agree with a lot of things Stephen A. Smith said, but that's something I agree with him because we talked about it before. I think Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback than Michael Vick. I don't think that's crazy to say. But some people might. So that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, I apologize yet again. So I will see you all, hopefully. No, we probably will see you on Friday. We will see We will see you. We, 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 we will see you on Friday. Peace.